One Shot Questers is a Dungeons and Dragons themed podcast for mature audiences. Content warnings can be found in the episode's description. Thank you for joining me today. Stare into the ball, the crystal ball. Let the world melt away. Ah, yes, I see. You've had some trouble. It all started when you walked into a wax museum with two men and a woman who, oh, maybe you've begun to fancy? Interesting. Ah, yes, you were instructed to attack a wax figurine, and when you hesitated to do so, it came to life, and you and two of your comrades were faced down with danger, but one of them, ah, an Evan, he was brutally murdered by the foul beast. And then, a devilishly attractive and incredibly handsome and charming man came in. Ah, uh, Liam is his name, yes. And he saved everyone by rewinding time and allowing you to attack the beast. We all departed and soon, um, this woman you fancy, ah, uh, Alice is her name, yes. She solved a puzzle before she could. No, I see there's trouble, yes. There were monsters that came from a failed attempt, but it seemed they were handily defeated. And soon, you and your comrades crawled into a cavern to face off against a wicked beast. Yeah, Liam, I know you were there and we're experiencing it right now. <laughs> Sorry about that. Hello, questers, and welcome to Monsters in the Mist, a Dungeons and Dragons themed adventure that takes place in the world of City of Mist. My name is Duke Davis, and I am playing Trevor Anderson, an inspiring content creator who has been chosen to harness the powers of the Dungeons and Dragons play or the the Dungeons and Dragons Players Handbook. <laughs> Help. <laughs> uh, fun fact, neither Trevor or Duke can speak correctly. <laughs> Hello, my name is Tori. I am a queer neurodivergent performer from Sydney, Australia. Um, and I am playing Alice Carroll, an up-and-coming dancer who has been chosen to harness the powers of Peter Pan. Hello, I am Reed, dabbler in all things nerdy, and I am playing Liam Beck. Uh, fake medium lent the power of the Norns, or the Norse fates. Hi, my name is Matthew Gonzalez, lover of laughter, performer, musician, and I will be playing Evan Drake, and uh, boy of the foster uh, home system, and he has been... Um, he has been chosen to harness the power of the ugly duckling. Hey, uh, have you learned how old you are yet? 17, Duke, 17. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll see how long that lasts. I'm almost sad that he remembers his age. I know. I know, so. And g'day, guys. My name's Michael. I'm the dead Aussie gamer, and I am the illustrious master of ceremonies here on Monsters in the Mist. Uh, I can't wait for another uh, awesome action-packed adventure um, so what say we dive straight into today's session as we return 
back to the small and unassuming city of Dunsport. Deep beneath the city streets, in a sewer that is long forgotten by both time and sanitation committee, we find (laughs) our group of heroes as they are surrounded by giant statues of various people, men, women, children, all in states of distress, frozen in stone. As you find yourselves uh, confronted not just by this horrific, macabre sight, this gallery of death, in, in front of you is this massive stage, a huge arena on which stands a massive reptilian beast with multiple legs, spines running across its back, eyes that pierce with a spotlighting gaze, chained to the walls and floor here by these large, heavy, set iron shackles. The moment you entered, Travis turned his attention to everyone and told everyone to turn their gaze downwards before it was too late. Everyone thankfully did so as the spotlight of light begins to gather around. All right, you are looking down. So despite all the stuff that I really coolly described, none of you actually see that. All you saw last was this large reptile that was in the center of the stage. Turning your eyes downwards, you still have that kind of, you know when your eyes are closed and you can see uh, like a bright light moving over your eyelids? You still see that, and it scans you. It's it's an unnerving sensation. You're, you're fighting every urge in your body to open your eyes as this light is just washing over you. At present, however, all four of you are safe. And, uh, well, this creature is growling. And it's it's kind of like a belly-based growl. So it comes from its, its, its body as it rumbles against the stone floor. Like this sort of... While all this is happening, Liam is going to try to walk behind... Or he's slowly stepping back and reaching his hand out so he can feel where the wall is. So he can maybe get back the way he entered. Sure. You reach backwards the way you came in hopes of trying to find the door that you used that had taken you from the wax museum magically to this place beneath the city streets. But as you reach back, you do not find a door or a portal. Instead, you find something misshapen and stone. Uh, my 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 apologies. I hope... Uh, oh, oh, we're... We're, we're in trouble. We're in trouble. <laughs> Trevor, thinking of all of the movies and stories that he has heard about a monster that would transform people into stone, his first thought is to invoke, what what is it called, uh, summon player handbook equipment, as he, he's going to reach out to PHB and say, hey, hey, PB, could you, could you maybe give me like a very polished shield? A very polished shield? Yes, we can manage that. Yes. It'll reflect your greatness. However, you've got a slight problem here. Yeah? Well, you see, a reflective shield means many things. Do you want a reflective shield that can turn back spells? Do you want a reflective shield that will show you what you desire most in this world? Oh. Because we don't have that. That's another guy. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, good to know. No, I, I just need a regular shield that can reflect anything it is currently you know looking at i guess just just give me a polish shield Uh, right a polish shield not a problem okay 
and uh, reflect, not deflect, right? Y yes. It's a very important distinction, you know. Language is beautiful. I mean, uh, the words. The, the uh, way PB, PB, I ju just give me a. Oh, yes, sorry, sorry, sorry. My, my apologies. Yes, sorry. I got, got carried away. <laughs> just, uh, here we go. Uh, and as you uh, hold in your hand, uh, apparently. Uh, you see what looks to be a polished mirrored shield. Uh, it clasps a buckle onto your forearms on your right arm, and you are now holding it aloft. Trevor, with the shield now, he's going to turn around. As he's as he's looking down, he's gonna like do like a quick one eighty and hold the shield up to see what is behind us or in front of us, whichever way any uh, we're looking at. The old Medusa technique. Yeah. As you turn around, you uh, gaze backwards uh, over your shoulder. Well, uh, well, not over your shoulder, but like over your shoulder through the mirror. As you see what looks to be this large reptilian creature. After having gazed in your general direction, it seems to have turned its attention back to rest. Uh, having coiled its huge lumbrous body uh, back around. Okay. Uh, Trevor's going to relay that to the party. And he's going to re-talk to PB and go, Okay, so PB, we have apparently found one of the monsters. How do we get it back in the book? I guess. Well, that's an easy question. Well, first of all, you have to find the person whose mythos it belongs to and somehow either convince them to relinquish said uh, mythos or perhaps even defeat the mythos itself in glorious warrior combat so that you can then use your powers to bind it to uh, the monster manual okay so either find the person or fight the freaking monster okay and i'm, I'm guessing this monster is 10 15 feet tall yes yes that's the one okay great wonderful hey uh guys really quick we we can we can look up just look at each other right now all right don't look at the monster it's resting at the current moment but we we either have to go find the person whose mythos this belongs to or you know we got to we got to fight it oh my gosh alice is not is not really looking up it's kind of that you know when your eyes are kind of like you can see in like your upward peripheral that there are people there but she still doesn't trust actually looking up fully um just okay you you can see what it what it, can can we can we fight it? Hey, BB, would we live if we fought this? Live? Well, I mean, you see, you watch as like kind of like the the angles on the D twenty that makes up PB's head uh -huh. start to shift and change. Like he's really thinking about this. Oh gosh. Hmm. 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 All right, moving on. We are not gonna fight this thing. <laughs> Okay, so if we're not gonna fight it, how do we how, how how in this city are we meant to find the person that this mythos is linked to? Can you see? So is there somebody that is not made of stone in here? Uh, looking around, you do not see anyone that is not currently made of stone. Um, everyone seems to be people, um, very weirdly, kind of like people like you would expect to see like. Like work people, like um, like construction workers, um, sewer workers, uh, some truck drivers, things like that. Um, you know, like you don't see any businessmen. You don't see any kind of like, you know, upper class individuals. You uh, also do see a bunch of, the ch uh, of children as well, a couple of families and things like that. Not people you would expect to see, you know, again, in a sewer or nearby a, a kind of 
whatever the hell this place is. Is there anything other than the work clothes of some of them? Is there anything distinctive that they all have in common in terms of, you know, are they all wearing like hats as if they've been at the zoo or like something like that? Make a investigate check. So 2d6 as you are investigating these. Alice is asking the right questions. That's an 11. Oh! Nice. As you look around and try to figure out what commonality all of these people have. The the truth is, is outside of being kind of lower middle class, they do not have many things in common. But oddly enough, you see more than a few individuals that seem to have or at least um, be carrying some measure of like coffee cup or thermos and the like. Um, You can also see that there are quite a number of them who appear to be seated as if they were frozen whilst, uh, you know, sort of, you know, like at a chair or at a table. Alice, look, kind of connects these dots of the coffee cups and thinks about a cafe or like a, a, a chain coffee shop. And is going to kind of like, you know, have like a little bit of like a, you know, physicality with her of oh like an, an idea. I think, I think maybe whoever is control, whoever's mythos this is, maybe they're a barista or someone that works at a coffee shop. Everyone seems to be holding some kind of coffee cup or as if they've been sitting at like a restaurant or maybe even a diner. Okay, so... Coffee shop? Yeah, that's great. What is the current time, uh, Master Ceremonies? Uh, the current time is, uh, let's say around 8 p.m. Okay, so if it is a coffee shop or a cafe, if it, if it's a diner or something, they would st- probably still be open right now, but if it's a coffee shop, they're probably closed by now, and we have to wait in the morning, but you guys have to remember, we just ran away from that vulture-looking butler caretaker thing of the wax store. How are we going to get out of here? Trevor, can you... With your shieldy thingy, uh, it, it, can you see, is there an exit that we can get to without disturbing the Medusa, I guess? Trevor's going to hold the shield up and see if he can find the exit. Trevor gazes around this open passage. Eventually, you do see what appears to be a ladder leading up to what possibly is a manhole cover or some sort of surface access. However, it is on the same precipice that the giant creature is in. Hey, 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 fellas, guys, uh, it's next to the monster. There's a ladder leading up to a manhole, it looks like. <laughs> it's next to the monster. Uh, isn't, that, is, isn't this great? <sighs> As a slight tear rolls down Trevor's eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Alice is going to reach into her pouch of fairy dust and is going to say to uh, Trevor, Evan, and Liam, uh, well, I think this is how this works. And Alice is going to throw the fairy dust on the three of them and say, uh, think happy thoughts and they will lift you into the air. And then I'm going to fly up to the manhole. For some reason, I thought that you were going to try to make the the basilisk, like, rise <laughs> up. And I was like, oh, great, a flying basilisk. That's what we need. <laughs> okay. Completely different. Uh, much better, though. 
Sorry. Uh, now, uh, we are going to get everyone to make a change the game roll as you are going to attempt to... Actually, no, let's make this a stealth roll. I was going to say change the game to see if you can give yourself an advantageous situation, but let's give you that adva advantage. So, I'm going to give you guys a plus one for the flight ability that uh, Alice has given you. And we are going to make stealth checks to try and get past the giant resting beastie. I just crit. Same. I don't know if that's a hey. thing in this game. I just got a 12. I also got an 11. Come on, Andrew. Don't screw this up for us, oh bro. Oh my gosh. Uh, five, six, seven, eight. Nine. I got a nine. I got a nine. With the with the flying ten, there's a ten. Yeah, we all crit, baby. <laughs> yeah. All right, we just you turn all... into gods. <laughs> <laughs> you all manage. As you begin to as you begin to fly, your footsteps no longer fall on the stone and the grit that is on the ground, and you levitate to the air. You kind of hold each other as you maintain these thoughts of happiness. I'm going to ask each of my players here to now tell me what is your happy thought as you fly over the basilisk. Uh, I'm going to also add some ambience to this. So, as I'm speaking, I'm inviting each of you to tell me your happy thoughts. And if you waver, you will fall. So, let's start with Liam. It starts off with money, with piles and piles of, of cold, hard cash. An acrid, acidic smell wafts into your nose. And then women giving me this money, attractive. Saliva drips down these vicious jaws. Gorgeous women with with the most beautiful faces and even more beautiful dresses. It shuffles from the left to the right. You hear, you hear claws, claws dragging on the stone. Curves in all the right places as they are handing me more, more cash and all this cash. And I'm able to pay off my house I'm able to pay off you brush my bills. one of the quills with your foot as you I'm get a even, little lower. Oh, I'm even able to to give some of the cash to one of the women, and then she and is more interested in me. To oh god! <laughs> Whoa! Whoa! The power of baser desires. My heart is just that going. That was good. That was good. All right. I hope you're all ready for this. Let's go with Evan. Okay. All right, so Evan's happy place. Evan, he starts floating and he starts thinking about the first time he met Elaine. Um, she picked him up and took him to the foster care and noticed that. As Liam grabs onto the ladder, um, he there's didn't a have creak. really good sneakers. And so Elaine said, We need to get you some new shoes right now. And the creature lifts its head up. For and Evan had never experienced that kind of kindness before and he didn't know what to say. Turns and looks. Anyways, they went to the store. You see a light. They found some perfect shoes that fit his feet just perfectly. It looks around and for the room. first time in what seemed like forever, Scanning. he had a soft smile that made his cheeks just lift up just enough to make him really happy. It turns. That night he met his new foster brothers and sisters. And he had this overwhelming sense of gratitude. And then closes its eyes and sleeps again as you make it to the ladder. Oh, oh my uh, god, my anxiety is That is like, anxiety ridden. Oh my gosh. I'm like, oh yeah, this oh, is this will be this will be interesting. Oh. And then more and more I'm like getting more into the back of my chair, like moving away from Dag. <laughs> like, I, love, like, I love you, Daggy. Love you guys. And you know what? I, I love this. This is this is what I'm here for. Trevor. You're up next. Trevor's happy place is going back to the first time he hit that start stream button. 
He was playing a game about a silent hero venturing to find Creature a princess that has here. been captured by a evil His demon. As it dust, dust. more and more, he's been playing this game. As you make your way <laughs> over the I've been. Oh shit! I can't. I can't. Oh no! A spider falls I'm, onto your nose. I'm going to. <laughs> Uh, think As of the moment you fall where from the damn it! I can't. I can't. I literally cannot talk when someone else's ears are in me. It's like a. Uh, I, I cannot do it. Like I can't even do it with my own voice when I'm like listening to myself. When someone else starts talking over me, I just I go into this state of you forgot the entire English language, and I'm just like. Ah! <laughs> All right, uh, you watch as Trevor, the spider, hits him square in the face. Oh, and yeah, then that would do it. As, as, he's, as he's frantically trying to think of that moment of streaming, there's this moment where just his brain, it, it, it's like if you could imagine um, like a string that is loosely vibrating to sounds all of a sudden just going still as that spider lands on him. His brain immediately just goes silent and he begins to drop. Now, dropping from the fairy dust is not like, but it is a gentle uh, lowering. And uh, Trevor, you now find yourself next to this large creature. It is so close, you feel the warmth of its scales. And uh, as you're kind of like looking at your hands, you're still covered in this pixie dust but you now hear the breathing. You feel the weight of this creature. Now, before we come back to Trevor, Alice, you've seen this happen. As you're just about to fly over, what do you do, noticing that Trevor is has descended down? Uh onto the creature. Alice is going to extend her hand. She's not gonna she's not gonna say anything. She's just gonna extend her hand and be, like making eye contact with Trevor like take my goddamn hand right now. Trevor in a moment of uncertainty uncertainty oh, golly. He doesn't know whether to grab your hand or not right now. He just put himself in this situation as he's seen two of his colleagues make it to the end but he couldn't and now he's by this big beast and now he is forcing you to get closer to him as you look in his eyes he's saying go without me alice is not taking it that you see her eyes it's like anger it's like take my goddamn hand or i swear to god i will fly down there and kick your ass myself and she's just gonna keep like shaking. She like no words, just shaking her hand. Like goddamn, take my goddamn hand. <laughs> As Alice is doing this, Trevor, you can see the desperation in in her eyes, and you feel that sort of lump in your throat as you're standing so close to what PB had described as a very grisly death. But then something happens. You look over at the creature, and it opens its eye and looks at you. But you do not find yourself turned to stone. You see its eye. It doesn't lift its head. It doesn't look angry or agitated. You could swear for a moment it looks sad. And it just closes its eye again, even after having seen you. Trevor's going to put his hand up in a stop motion to Alice. This this is a beast, right? Or it, what, what would you... Would you to to the master of ceremonies, would you consider this an animal or a beast? <laughs> well, technically, it is a monstrosity. Oh, never mind. Are, I'm gonna put that if away. We're looking at that. 
you however, can't master that beast. <laughs> however, 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 there are some applicable, I say, sensibilities to surrounding certain creatures. While they are not beast by nature and are not uh, subject to the effect of certain spells and abilities that use that as a parameter, there are certain things that you can use in order to deal with them. For example, I would say to learn how to deal with, say, a crocodile or a monitor lizard would give you some applicable skills as to how to handle, say, something like a basilisk. Wouldn't necessarily always work, but again, like I said, you've got a better chance knowing right. these things than not. Um, so are you saying we gotta run, like, diagonally, back and forth, kind of zigzaggy? <laughs> yes. Yeah, never in straight lines. Okay. Serpentine! 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 Speak with animals. I will summon the druid class, and I will cast the speak with animals spell. All right. As you invoke the druid class, in order to do this, you need to connect with some measure of the natural world. You're in a constructed man-made sewer. How would you like to try and connect with the natural world from down here? <laughs> no, 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 no. If it isn't winter green lipstick, get away from me. <laughs> Bert's bees are nothing. <laughs> yeah. Trevor is actually going to feel the ground that he is on right now in the druid form, trying to connect in a way where he's trying to feel the materials in this man-made structure's emotions, just like this creature. And I would suspect that, just like the creature, that the materials around him are sad that their beautiful forms were crushed up and made into something different. Absolutely. Happy for that one. That is perfect. As you feel the ground, that sense of the earth speaks through you and channels into your body as you watch as you start to grow what looks to be like kind of uh, a laurel wreath with antlers kind of uh, creating this almost makeshift crown around your uh, druidic uh, persona. Um, as this happens, however, you do see something small and beautiful, which I'm just going to give you as a freebie. You don't notice just the ground but also life still penetrating through it. Small uh, weeds that seem to grow between the cracks, uh, the moss that seems to grow in the walls and stuff. There's still a lot of the natural world that even through uh, all this man-made construct, even through the darkness down here in a place that has been discarded by society, there is still the natural world and you connect to it. Well done. You'll get a plus one on whatever role you're going to be doing next. Hey, Just cool. in addition to everything. I... Am going to, or sorry, Trevor is going to attempt to speak to this creature with the speak of animal spell and just, again, attempt, hey, buddy, you scared? The creature doesn't seem to respond. It does hear you, and you watch as it shifts its weight a little bit, which startles you a bit because it's freaking huge. Just, <laughs> um, but... Scared isn't quite the right word. You don't know how long it's been here. I'm going to say that given that you are examining this closely and um, Liam, Evan, both of you on the other ladder, you guys are watching this as this is going on. Uh, all right. I'm going to get everyone to make me an investigation check as you guys look at this creature. Four for <laughs> you, Trevor. Well, okay. I, I, depending on what it is, I'm probably... Everyone else is way up high. I'm down at the monster. I got an eight. 
An eight? Okay, not bad. I have a seven. Would I be able to add insight? It's an animal. It's not a person, but it's also just straight insight. Not for this particular role. Okay. And the cold reading, also dealing with grief. No, wouldn't help with that one. Uh, I got a six, but I would like to use or apply calm emotions. Mm, I will allow it, and you'll see why in a minute. So yes, we'll go to seven. So, as you guys look at the beast, wondering why it hasn't ripped Trevor to shreds, you turn your attention slightly to the shackles that bind this creature. Now, the reptile has multiple legs, but you notice something. Each of the legs that have been bound have basically rubbed away the scales almost completely. And that some of the wounds from the uh, the claws are actually quite infected and nasty looking. Which is strange, because this is not a physical creature of blood and bone. This is a mythos, much like PB, much like Pan and the Ugly Duckling and stuff like that. You did not consider for a moment that your mythoses could be hurt or harmed. But thinking about it clearly, clearly PB said that you could fight these creatures. But what happens when they aren't fought? What happens if they're imprisoned or shackled like this one is? What does that mean? What does it mean to the person who's controlled the mythos? So many questions begin to rise into you. But the predominant thing that you walk away with is that this thing is in pain. Uh, a physical pain. It is tired. Its body is sick and unwell. Uh, Liam is going to is going to whisper... To Evan, really only so Evan can hear. I don't know. I, I guess what the humane thing to do is put it out of its misery. I mean, that's kind of why we're here in the first place. Like, what happens if we lose this thing on the city? I mean, Evan I don't know. responds and says, I was thinking the same thing, but I don't want to be the one to do it. Liam's going to emphatically nod and say, well, well yeah, I mean, the, the, the one with the sword, the, the, the big sword's down there. I mean... We should probably go float over to him. And then Liam's just going to let go of the ladder and make his way over to uh, next next to but behind Trevor, ready to run at any possible moment. <laughs> so Evan uh, looks at the duck and goes, I'm going to go down there too. It nods its head frantically oh. up and down. <laughs> okay. And then I just slowly descend down. As the two of you descend, you hear the sounds of your foot, feet and hands on the rungs of the ladder as you climb downwards. But that's when you hear something else. Is it, is it death from Puss in Boots? Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> um... You, you actually watch as a shadow creeps over both Liam and Evan. And you see something in the precipice. Oh, sorry, not precipice. What am I saying? Uh, you see something in the light that descends down from the opening above you. It is a person, but something's wrong. It looks to be the person who is in charge of the wax museum, the curator. But something is very very wrong he seems to be whispering something you strain your ears to try and hear it 
He seems to be reciting a poem. And as he does, you hear the sounds of bones snapping, of sinew twisting, as he says the following. There was a broken man. No! And as he twists and contorts, he begins to rush down towards both Liam and Evan. What do the two of you do? Still having been imbued with the power of flight, is going to just push off of the ladder and try to fly away, thinking happy thoughts. Oh, sorry. Uh, yep, give me your happy thoughts oh, as no. you try to fly away. Not dying, not dying, being happy, being in a beach far <laughs> away from here. I, with a, with women on either arm from me and not oh. anywhere but here. Any uh, forest <laughs> filled with happy birds that As you fly sea. upwards, your leg is grabbed by what looks to be distended fingers that wrap uh, and clutch you. around you. Uh. The wrists pop out of place the bones pop out of place and seem twisted and crooked and extend from this person's arm 5, 10, 15 foot away from him as he clings to your foot what What the hell is even that <laughs> as as he grabs hold of you um, you, you unfortunately your, your, your good vibes slowly begin to fade as, uh, as you again also decide to descend well, not decide to send. You just descend. Uh, Evan, what about you? Um, Evan sees this disgusting display of great power and try and, and dashes away immediately, while simultaneously looking at um, the duck for help for anything. You watch as the duck is running past you. <laughs> it's running. It's, it's just trying to run the fuck away from whatever this is. That's that's horrifyingly adorable. As uh, the creature, oh, sorry, as this large arm has gotten uh, Liam by the leg, it wrenches and pulls backwards. I need you to face the danger as he's trying to grab you. Is this, is this, a, is this the freaking crooked man? It is the crooked man. Oh, no, no. Oh, Fill those of us who don't know the Crooked Man in. Um, So the Crooked Man was a nursery rhyme by Mother Goose, and it went as follows. There was a crooked man, (gasps) and he walked a crooked mile. He found a crooked sixpence against a crooked stile. He bought a crooked cat, which caught a crooked mouse, and they all lived together in a little crooked house he's freaking terrifying in the conjuring series oh my gosh what was mother goose thinking (laughs) (laughs) um okay so i rolled a nine besides any of my chronomancy stuff there's nothing for me to really add um i guess i could try to change my fate of getting eaten by this thing mm. all right let's uh let's try it why not let's why not try and reverse time let's let's do this uh we're gonna go with the change the game roll oh the usual okay. criminals apply and let's see what you can do as he is pulling you closer it's a four. Oh yeah you grab onto every anything you can you try you frantically reach and try to pull yourself away um, but as this happens, Trevor, you see uh, Liam as he lands not too far from you. Uh, you don't see the crooked man in the uh, in the the pipe, 
but you do see this long, bent, and broken arm that has grabbed hold of his leg and is pulling him backwards. You do recognize, I guess, the clothes, I will say. Okay. Uh, again, this is this is likely the um, the curator of the museum, uh, the wax museum that you were at. Um, definitely the same stuff that that person was wearing. The first thing... Oh, shoot. Okay, the first thing I'm going to do is since I'm in druid form, how far away is Liam from me exactly? Within, you, you could lunge at him, easy. I, I don't want to grab a hold of him. I want to cast a D&D spell, mm. and I want to cast thorn, thorn Whip around the wrist of the curator. Okay, I like that. Um, all right, we're going to go with a go toe-to-toe -to -toe as you lash out with your Thorn Whip. Okay. You're still channeling the power of the druid. Yes. You uh, immediately draw upon that action. So, yep, let's do it. Ooh, let's go. That is a... Th that's going to be an 11. Ah, uh, nice. Your arm lashes around and cuts into uh, his uh, his clothes. Uh, he opens his palm almost as a reflex to being struck and uh, pulls against it. Uh, you hang on to it, and within your within eleven, you can choose whether you want to relinquish it or hold on to it, as he's trying to retreat his arm oh, back. Gosh, does it let go of Liam? Uh, it does let go of Liam. Okay, yeah. I am. Ooh, that that's a difficult question. And his arm is like incredibly long right now. Uh, yeah, I'd say it's roughly forty to fifty feet long. Okay, okay. I'm I'm going to hold on to the arm because. Get that uh, just takes away. Anyway, it's late. It's late. I've tried my best to describe things that I can't. <laughs> no, you got no, it, you, Duke. You, no, got, you, it. you got it. You got I'm it. going right. to hold on to the arm for reasons. Because <laughs> it's right. a good uh, reason. You, no, it's great. You hang on to it. As you do so, you see more of his hands coming out from the, uh, the hole in the ceiling. <laughs> as they touch the ceiling. Uh, as you watch as his head comes down, oh. even though his body is upside down, his head is inverted, almost giving him the appearance of, like, kind of this crab or spider-like creature. Oh. As he, uh, turns and says, he found a crooked sixpence. No. Uh, you realize, as you see his face, this is not the curator but almost as if this was like a shadow of the curator. A lot of resemblances, a lot of appearances, but not the man or not the person who you had seen a few moments ago in the wax museum. Oh, shoot. All right, so the myth, like the monster's mythos behind me, or he's the, his mythos is the crooked man. Correct. And this is the embodiment of that mythos, not, not the curator himself. Okay. Adbarian here, and I'm excited to give a shout out to this episode's sponsor, One Shot Questers Patreon. Our content is made possible thanks to the incredible patrons who support us there. By becoming a patron, you'll gain access to awesome perks such as early content releases and exclusive behind-the-scenes footage that you won't find anywhere else. Plus, if you're hearing this ad, it means that most, if not all, of our episodes are available to listen on our Patreon page. So why wait? Take the plunge and pledge to our $3 tier or high 
Hire, granting you immediate access to all of our fantastic episodes. Simply visit patreon.com slash oneshotquesters and you can also find a link in our description for easy access. Pledging is one of the best ways to show your support, so if you believe we deserve it, go ahead and pledge today. We sincerely appreciate your support. Now without further ado, let's get back to the show! Alice, you are floating in the air watching absolute horror and bullshit coming towards you. What do you do? Who is in within reach of me? Um, right now, only Trevor, I think. Um, Liam is close by, but not within reach immediately. Alice is just this, like, fear. Watching all of this unfold and watching this weird, decrepit man start to just dis dislocate his body pretty much um just this deep deep like bone rattling fear and her fight or flight instincts are gonna kick in and kind of looking at this and looking at what's transpired so far realizes she doesn't she doesn't believe she can fight this and she is going to fly down and grab trevor and try and fly him up the manhole and get him out where where he's where the crooked man is at oh that's where the crooked man is <laughs> <laughs> all right trevor we need what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> wait 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 there is no other exit is there it's literally just that exit mm-hmm. I, uh, I i'm just i'm just gonna talk to the group really quick so is is our goal to stop the crooked man and potentially help this D&D mythos behind us. Because to me, it sounds like the Crooked Man is the one holding this mythos creature. And Yeah, that's what it sounds like to me. Yeah. That's also what it sounds like to me. And But also, this dude didn't come to have a conversation is the thing. I mean, he may, might have, but he, he did a bad job of starting a conversation by trying to grab people. We could, okay. Could we break him loose that's up to you well, i guess you'll have to find out yeah alice is going to fly to where the chains are that are holding this lizard like creature uh sorry with trevor <laughs> um, i mean you can he makes sense i mean uh, when you look yeah. at the chains because you look at yeah you look at the chains attached to the wall they are these heavy set iron chains strong enough to hold the creature in the wall you yeah. know what i mean uh yeah Alice is going to continue with Trevor and fly over to where the chains are and say, I don't know. I, d- d- dude, I don't know what you're capable of, but we need to break this chains. We need to get him loose. What, what happened with the thorn whip and the crooked man's wrist? <laughs> Alice picked me and Trevor up. <laughs> you watch as it follows you as you're pulling the wrist towards you. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Like the whole arm, or like the cro- the crooked man and the arm. Uh, one arm. Oh, just one arm. Oh, okay. Gosh, Alice. Yes, I would be happy to do the, that, but um, I'll need you to hold on to something. <laughs> Sorry. Phrasing. Alice. Alice just um looks so. What? The the okay. If you if you if you didn't notice. The crooked man's hand, or sorry, I don't know what his, uh, I don't know if it's crooked man. If you didn't notice, 
we brought the hand with us. And if you want me to do the thing you want me to do, someone's got to hold the hand. Could you hold my hand? <laughs> Take a strong hand. Alice just like, oh, like it does like the spine, you know, shiver down her spine. And she's going to like, oh, my God, and just going to grab the hand. So as you um, so as you are trying to, I guess, change grips on the uh, the the hand and appendage. Let's go toe to toe with the crooked man. Oh, as uh, oh, Alice, we're gonna get Lord. you to to try and take a control of that. You do get a plus one from Trevor already having it grappled. Okay, okay, okay. That's a crit. That's a twelve. Hey, oh! that's, wow, that'll do it. Uh, as you as you grab hold of the arm and seize control, uh, this frees up Trevor. But meanwhile, down below, uh, these large feet twist and gra- and and manage to find purchase uh, on the ground near Evan. It's <laughs> 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 not a sentence I thought that I would hear today. I just wanted to point that out. Oh, you ready for this one? Uh, if you ever heard the sound of a bag of chips crumpling, that is the sound of the bones as they strike oh. the ground. Oh. And oh, twist no. in a multitude of different ways. Oh, I hate what? you so much You're right welcome. now. Oh, no. This is most nice, All right. <laughs> okay, so uh, Evan jumps back in anime-like fashion, several feet up in the air, super fast. There's like black lines going across the screen. And he lands. And he looks at the... Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I do have a question. Is it okay if I ask a question real quick? Just like... No, what the fuck do you think this is? Okay. Don't go on. Okay. So, <laughs> um, I know I had a receipt or like I had my, the duck had taught me how to use the power, but then we went back in time and re- like that moment didn't happen. It didn't. So like... It was very sad. You got such power for sad. that fleeting moment. It's like the height of the pinnacle of your manifestations of your abilities coming together at once and just like that. Gone. Yeah, that is sad. Okay. I'm Anyways. sorry about that. <laughs> to be fair, your legs were chopped off in the process. That is true. But I want to take on the uh cuz I cuz Evan notices that they in in attempt to going over by the chains, he kind of understands that oh, they want to free this beast and potentially use it to help them escape. So Evan decides he's going to essentially protect them while they do that and fight off the crooked man. Um to create a diversion, essentially, to keep them occupied. All right. Uh, as you kind of train these thoughts, the images of a multitude of uh, birds begin to fly through your brain. As these birds begin to fly through uh, through your mind, uh, eventually you see these uh, images sort of slat until eventually it comes to one particular bird. This bird is a small brownish bird that seems to have uh, kind of almost like a red and orange uh, plumage, which leads down to like these black and white tipped feathers. Evan experiences a rush of emotion, this rush of power and feeling as he views all the birds of the sky fly across in his mind. His eyes are like going back and forth, like as if he's like a computer hacker, just like. And then like a hawk. Freaking vulture, vulture, dragon, yeah, all, <laughs> well, all of that. Bird, but yeah, you know, but all yeah, these you know what I mean. <laughs> And then eventually, you're like, I feel it. There's this like swirl of energy. You watch as the duckling, there, the top of their head suddenly ignites into flames. You're, you suddenly feel your body twist and turn, and then whew, you turn into a tiny bird. 
I, <laughs> can I talk as a bird, like human speech, or? I think it's I think it's funny if you do. Yeah, hundred yeah. <laughs> percent. Okay, so I, I look at the duck and I'm just like, is this all you've got? <laughs> the duck looks slightly embarrassed. <laughs> as um, as you, as you do so, uh, this large foot. Um, goes to try and step on you. I need you to make me a oh, uh, no, face the man. danger roll. Don't go and step on me. <laughs> no, oh, crooked oh, no man, step please crooked don't step man. on me. I'm stuck as a bird. <laughs> All of you, stop it. Get some help. Oh, crooked oh, step daddy. Crooked man. <laughs> no, just me, crooked senpai. <laughs> <laughs> What that could do, though. Oh That's gosh. illegal. Okay. Step if we, on if me do... like a bag of chips. <laughs> if, if we... I want to hear the crunch. <laughs> if, we, if, if, we, if we do merch for this show, can we please do Step on Me, Crookie Daddy? <laughs> yes. I want ten, and I want them now. Um, nine. I got a nine, and I want to add bird flight. Um, I mean, you don't need to, but I'll tell you why. Okay. Because... Not only will you succeed, but as soon as the uh, the the foot comes down, it's almost like you can hear this like Spanish, you know the the what are they called? The little castanets. Uh, castanets. Yeah, the castanets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You hear these like sort of as you start to suddenly feel your arms waving uh, in frantic motions as you start to uh, take on almost like a fighting pose with your wings, and the foot stops. As you do so, you then. Flick your wings backwards, creating this plume behind you, and and you start to move in a very distracting pattern. <laughs> you watch as the foot can't seem to figure out how to step on you. More importantly, it doesn't know what you're doing. At some point or another, in this in this huge dance, it looks almost like maybe you've like injured yourself, but then you're okay. But then you've injured yourself, but then you're okay. <laughs> and, and and this is actually something the killdeer actually does. It is a distraction display to confuse predators <laughs> into not knowing what to do, giving them enough time <laughs> to take flight. And as you had previously stated that you wish to then use your bird flight, you have distracted it long enough that you will also safely be able to evade the crooked man's leg before <laughs> he uses it. As he, again, just is completely befuddled by this tiny bird. <laughs> Take that crooked man. <laughs> now, this will also mean that others are going to get a plus one bonus from your display against dealing with the crooked man in this round. Now, Trevor. Yes. You are... Held aloft by these giant chains. Do I want to do something cool or do I want to do the smart thing? Says the guy with the powers of D&D. I know. Oh, you're right. <laughs> I'm going to just do the rule of cool, baby. Rule of cool. Uh, so since I'm a druid, I... So uh, so uh, describe the describe the chains for me. Like, what exactly am I looking at? They're, like, connected to the walls. A circular metal plate welded in with large, uh, heavy-set bolts attach themselves to the wall itself. Oh. Uh, there is a small uh, rivulet, kind of a hoop type thing, uh, in which the chain link, which is about three to six inches thick, um, is currently placed oh, inside right. of it. 
Well, that goes. That's not gonna work with my original plan. All right, I am going to. Well, I mean, it is holding a basilisk, so. Uh, yeah, true. I am going to. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Which which dandy class knows heat metal? Yeah, heat 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 metal. Actually, heat metal is available for druids, bards, artificers, oh, and those of the forge domain. Let's freaking go. Okay, I'm still a druid, so I am going to cast heat metal on the connector point. Uh, or like the hoop that connects it and try to heat it up enough where it could easily rip the, the chain off. Okay. You begin to heat the metal. As it does so, it starts to glow red, then yellow, then white. And as it does so, it hasn't reached a melting point, but you do watch as metal transfers that heat. And it starts to travel down the chain as it does so, continuing down the chain. I will give you this. I'll, I'll give you this one moment. I'll give you this one moment. You can still succeed in this. There is a cantrip that can save you. If you can figure it out, I will award you an automatic success. Okay. 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 Uh, come back to me then. Okay. Very well. Um, <laughs> Liam, you are on the ground. You see uh, the red hot metal coming towards the leg of the basilisk. Uh, you can see the crooked man, uh, currently one arm being uh, grabbed uh, by uh, by Alice. The foot kind of being distracted by uh, by by Evan. You watch as the other hand has now tried to make its way around, and you you kind of didn't realize it at first, but it is crawling along the surface of the ceiling and is coming up behind Alice to try and grab them from behind. I'm going to... Oh, man. How is the best way to do this? Um, can I quickly look around me to see if there's anything that can be uh, manipulated by by time itself? Yes, most of the people here. Okay. Liam is going to call out for Evan and say, Evan, go! There's... Alice is in trouble! There's enough... He's reaching around the other way! And he's going to... Uh, Liam is going to be pointing to Alice as he's saying that and gesturing as well to the to the hand, um, trying to get Evan's attention. All right. Um, so Evan and uh, Evan says, got it. He starts to, to fly high and he looks at his deck friend and they kind of give each other a nod. And then they dive bomb in front of the hands to try and like kind of like hit it and ricochet off the off the hands and stop them. As you do so. Unfortunately, you are a tiny bird. Yes. And you do hit the hand. It's just it it's just like what happens when like a tiny bird hits your hand. It's just... Oh no. Alice, you have however managed to use the flying fluttering bird as a means to notice the second hand coming up on your back. You've got the one hand in front of you. The second one's coming up behind you. What do you do? Uh, oh no. I'm going to try and smack it out of the way. Uh, you will need to relinquish one of the hands to do so. Oh, no. One of them's holding. Um, <laughs> Take my strong hand. I'm going to... No, the one that I'm holding on to, I'm going to bite it. Sorry? <laughs> yeah, I'm I thought letting... the sense was going. Whoa. <laughs> okay. Uh, straight up works. You bite his hand. Um, yeah. What is the intended effect here? Uh, to hurt him but also i guess to kind of for him to be like what the fuck <laughs> yeah he definitely does that he reels his hand back as you bite it uh you watch as uh he kind of like brings it to his li his own lips and kind of you know when you like have an hour you kind of sort of <laughs> yeah. suck on it a little bit so yeah. he he kind of does that as you've um as you've bitten onto his hand uh and now this kind of twisted almost manic but somewhat happy looking face is now contorting into anger 
As he then says, he caught a crooked mouse. <laughs> You're the mouse. <laughs> <laughs> All right. As the uh, crooked man then jumps down from the, uh, the, the, the tunnel, he lands on the ground and he watches all of his bones and arms recoil. He now stands as a humanoid about seven foot tall with uh, broken appendages all over their person. Can I try to change his fate and have him fall flat on his stupid face? Sure, why not? Let's go with... Yes! Go toe-to-toe with him on that one. A seven plus changing fate, eight. Chronomancy, nine. Okay, so yeah, so in that case, I have a nine. All right. He falls down flat on his face, but as he does, he then twists his head up to look at you um, with a sore, bitten hand, a kind of like flattened out nose. You watch as both of his arms then sort of spaghettify as they make their way over to you. And rather than grabbing <laughs> you, you watch as they fly past you and tie you like two extended <gasps> ropes. Oh, no. And you watch oh as these God. two hands sort of place themselves onto your face. And you watch as he starts to pull you towards him. His jaw then distends and breaks open as he's pulling you towards it. I I seriously do not know. The only thing... <laughs> shocking grasp. No. Um, the only thing that I can think of that could stop it would be Ray of Frost. Would you like to use Ray of Frost? But I don't know. The, the thing is, I don't want Liam to get eaten, and I'm the only one that can really have a sword. So here's the thing. When metal gets superheated and then it gets frozen really quickly, it's going to become incredibly brittle and shatter. Not thinking because he screwed things up so many times. He Trevor is going to invoke the wizard class, and he is, go- <laughs> he is going to cast Ray of Frost to stop this. All right. As you invoke your second class, the druid and the wizard collide with one another. I need you to roll me 2d6 to change the game. Okay, that's an eight. Okay. Can I add protective like a mama hydra? Shh, uh, no. Determination? I, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, 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 determination's fine. I mean, eight's a success. Okay, I mean, unless okay. Unless you can really push. Yeah, push well, for we'll, the we'll just go good. with eight. We'll just go yeah. with eight. Yeah. Uh, as the wizard comes towards you, uh, you uh, you realize that uh, that you can feel the power swelling in you. You feel your robes fluttering, and all of a sudden, you hear in your mind something something very visceral. Bird, and then you watch as the druid <laughs> flies over to Evan. The wizard invokes your body, and you feel. That rush coming through you as uh, as suddenly you feel like everything out there can kill you. <laughs> you then channel in your ray of frost as you blast the lock. And as a promised, if you come up with the correct solution, it will automatically succeed. And it sure as hell does. <laughs> yeah! As the thermal fracture... Uh, that shatters the, um, the the large chain. It falls to the ground. And as it does so, uh, you are screaming, uh, Liam, as you're being pulled towards the, uh, the, bro- the, tw- uh, the crooked man. As all of a sudden, the large lumbering form of the beast rises, turns its gaze, and two spotlights open up and you watch as these opened maud crooked man is literally your shoes are in its mouth as its body turns to solid stone good measure liam is going to kick the stone as hard as he can because he's angry 
and scared and probably needs to change his pants. There are, uh, you're still, you're kind of anaconda in like the stone arms <laughs> of the, uh, of oh. the thing. So you, you, you start to like kick your, the bottom of your, yeah, the bottom of your feet just, <laughs> eh, 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 eh. um, and that, that for sure, uh, definitely, uh, causes some of him to crack. Now, as uh, as you kind of like all kind of breathe a sigh of relief, you take a moment and uh, you kind of, you know, like in a, in a kind of almost like relieved way, can't believe that Trevor somehow managed to free this this creature. But as you turn, uh, Trevor is a statue. 1d4 basilisk damage. <laughs> oh, Son of a bitch. No. You see Trevor's facial expression, especially to probably Alice since Alice is right next to him alice you see trevor's facial expression like one of those moments where he's halfway surprised and halfway getting ready to be like oh like i did it and it's kind of like a <laughs> like one of those, like you know, like the sitcoms, like yeah. where it's like, yeah, yeah it freezes me. It's a freeze frame. <laughs> I've been stuck. Trevor's stuck in a freeze frame right now. And, and we hear, and don't is... you forget about me? Oh man, you know, and and I really, really want more than anything to have the episode end here and just have like the credit reel with Trevor frozen and everyone like. Oh no, this is really bad. Like, well, know, as the that's me. Going up. You're probably wondering how I got in this situation. <laughs> um, Alice. Uh, Alice just... The the emotions that she feels, she goes from just like this sigh of relief, this excitement that what Trevor did works, and then just her stomach just drops when she realizes what's happened and she just Trevor oh my god Trevor guys guys what do we do uh Liam Liam is probably I'm assuming the way that he was trying to eat him Liam's facing the the ceiling so he can't see anything right now anything was what's going on and so Liam is just oh, you can kind of just t- t- you can kind of tilt your head back to kind of sort of see okay so in that case I, he didn't know that uh, that Trevor was St- uh, was stoned until Alice started crying out. So then he's gonna tilt his head back and you go, oh, 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 oh no, oh, oh no, and he's gonna keep tr- wiggling, trying to get out of his uh, stone boa constructor. All right, you start to wiggle, you start to writhe. As this happens, however, you do notice something, and before you are e- even able to yell out a warning, Evan. You are, uh, you're currently, where, where are you? You're, you're in the air still, like, kind of flying around. Um, you know, do you land? Do you place yourself anywhere? Um, do you turn back? Yeah, I'm, uh, so Evan turns back to his human form and goes and stands next to Liam and Alice and kind of stands in shock and awe as he sees Trevor. Can I take an action here, or should I wait for it? Because it sounds like you're. Oh gonna... yeah, no, no. As you as you uh, place yourself there, you suddenly hear this. As the basilisk now stands over you, its legs still kind of manacled but freed from their bindings, it looks down on each of you with its reptilian eyes. You watch as it raises a large, vicious claw above where Trevor is. And as it does, it bites into its own foot. 
Yorcha's blood begins to pour like a torrent onto uh, the statue. And as it does, uh, Trevor, you start to feel your body start unseizing. You feel those stone fragments start peeling off your body as uh, you come to... Uh, Guys, we did it! We froze the crooked man! You now have blood in your mouth and in your eyes and in your nose and all over your body. <laughs> well, Trevor, Trevor, firstly, doesn't know that it is going to wipe off, like, wipe the blood on him and go, look at Alice. Did I die? Alice is going to, uh, for the first time, her quite hard exterior and <laughs> dickishness is going to break and she's just going to, like, rush hug Trevor. <laughs> She's like, you freaking idiot! Don't ever do that again. Uh, what? Save our lives? What? Sorry. What? What did I? Um. Yeah. Okay. The. Uh, mm, the uh, Alice is gonna remove herself again. It is uh, that kind of like look at herself like, oh, <laughs> now like front is like covered in blood. <laughs> I'm just imagining meanwhile Liam's like, oh, this is a really touching scene. I'm really happy for the two of you. You guys are <laughs> you guys are a cute couple. <laughs> Does anyone want to get me the hell out of this fucking thing? <laughs> literally, literally, that's what Liam is just gonna. He's he's gonna he's gonna give them their their time as they're as you know as Trevor slowly embraces you know he he kind of melts into this hug. Liam is just gonna go, aw, that's so cute. Now, when you're ready, could you get me the hell out of this? I gotta go to the bathroom. Liam, Liam, shut up. Yeah, and Evan's like, yeah, Liam, shut up, like, please. <laughs> have a good moment. <laughs> Says the bird yeah, no, that's, like, course. probably, like, landed. Liam, like, just, right just, there. just hang out for a little bit. We'll no, no, yeah, hang out. It's fine. It's not like I can't move my arms or legs or, or anything. No, go go, go ahead. You know, it's fine. Have, have your moment. Uh, you mean it? No, I don't mean it. Get me out of here. <laughs> it isn't long before a light appears in the darkness, glowing from the basilisk as it discoporeates. As it starts to do so, it seems to have a look of contentment. As it starts to disappear, uh, suddenly PB appears and manifests in front of you. He says, yes, you have done it. You have vanquished the, the creature and it is now dead. You have done exemplary work. Uh, wait, no, it's not dead. No, it's, it's just returning. It's, it's, you've, you've convinced oh, Well, Well done. Okay, okay. so that, that thing, I don't know, it just, it felt really real pb not like it was it was like real in a physical sense but like it was like it was real like it had real emotion i could sense it i felt it when i tried to talk to it yes well they all are every single one of the mythoses that come from the monster manual have feelings hopes dreams i mean much like i do as well except mine is driven by an important duty as is yours i believe it's the same with the others too each of the mythos have what they want. Some of them want freedom and, of course, the well-being of children. Others may wish to see that fate plays out as destiny would intend. Others might want some bread. <laughs> you know, I mean, just it depends on what you're depends on what you're doing. Trevor, Trevor will speak up. So we we don't have to we don't we don't have to kill them. We just have to, we could, we could convince them to go back. But, uh, you know, um, not all of them are going to be as, uh, willing to go back into the manual. Uh, after all, there are over 300 of them. What? I'm sorry? Uh, <laughs> Come again? I, 
300. Well, I mean, you 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 did say you've played Dungeons and Dragons before. How many how many monsters do you think are in the monster manual? Oh yes, no, we've we've barely begun. This is this is the the beginning of a grand and epic saga, one that will be etched into the 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 annals of history for ages. Time and time again, you'll be r- proclaimed as, and as he just carries on, we pan away from this scene as, <laughs> as our heroes uh, get some well-needed rest and uh, and recuperate, having very successfully managed to uh, to return the basilisk to the monster manual. All right, guys, one down, 299 to go, baby. Oh, yes, I said 300-ish. There's more than 300, but yeah. yeah I, I feel like everyone is looking at Trevor, which is death glares right now, and he's just... <laughs> You're in the duck, like the flames, like... <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I just imagine the duck just popping up over the shoulder, just like... <laughs> <laughs> now, as we pan away from the scene, we now return to a very familiar diner. In this diner... There is a Greek woman who is serving coffee to the people uh, that are attending it. Uh, she suddenly feels queasy, weak for a moment as she as she spills uh, a pot of coffee. One of the nearby clients says, "Oh, hey, are you are you okay?" Yeah, not not to worry. I just I I think I just had a dizzy spell. That's all. Can I top you up? And she uh, she goes and gets a fresh pot and continues to work. Didn't she not know? Do some of the- She wasn't a sleeper at all because she must- She must have saw! She must have saw! That's interesting. She's the one who told us. We then return to another scene. In the Wax Museum. An office that is completely broken down and thrown about. Papers flown in all directions as- uh, this 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 very vulture-like looking curator is tapping his finger on his forehead. It it wasn't supposed to be like this. He said it would give me what I needed. You said it would give me everything I needed. A voice calls back from a glowing red orb on the table. You weren't promised anything of the sort. You were given the tools you needed to bind the creature. It is not our fault that you are unable to wield its power effectively and only succumbed to it. Your menagerie of misbegotten misfits is nothing but a pale imitation to the creatures that are out here. I won't stand by this. We were supposed to be a team. We were supposed to... We were supposed to nothing. You used me and I used you. And now all of the pieces are in play. I have who I need, and I know where he is. As for you, I'm going to send a present. Something to add to your collection. Treat it well, won't you? The orb then breaks and shatters. A red mist falls over the floor. No, come back here, you bastard! All of a sudden, there is a glowing light outside. The tall curator goes to the window and hears the sound of leathery wings. <laughs> the next morning, the four of you are at a diner, looking at each other much like you were before. It's only a couple of hours before um, before Evan's foster mother, Elena, 
is going to be discharged healthy and well fixed. You are reading a newspaper which tells you about a fire that had burnt down a local wax museum and no sign of the curator, presumed missing or dead. Also, several individuals who had been missing were turned up, found, wandering and lost in the sewers. No recollection or memory of what had happened to them. Thanks to a donation, shall we say, of uh, some very, very kind souls, all fees were waived for those people affected by a mysterious illness now currently called the Grey Rot, a uh, very temporary disease that people are now urging uh, folks be aware of and stay careful uh, when uh, coming into contact with uh, particular areas of the uh, sewer systems. But all of these and more are stories for another time as our heroes enjoy a well-earned rest, a delicious breakfast, and the feeling as though nothing bad could be on the horizon. After all, the monsters that lurk in the mist have an enemy in the four powerful people sitting at this table. I don't want breakfast. I want answers. (laughs) 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 All right. And that brings us to the end of, uh, I guess, chapter one, but like episode three, of course. Uh, But that was uh, the chapter. Uh, It is called uh, A Stone Throne. Uh, which is the, the this first thing? Yeah, I, uh, I hope you hope you guys liked it. Yeah. We saved Harry <laughs> Potter. Monsters in the Mist has Michael as our MC, Tori as Alice Carroll, Andrew as Liam Beck, Matt as Evan Drake, and myself as Trevor Anderson. We want to give a heartfelt thank you to all of our patrons, especially Christian, Corrine, and Daedron. If you wish to further support Monsters in the Mist and unlock exclusive content, consider joining our Patreon community. Information will be in the show notes of the episode. Until we meet again, questers, fare thee well, and we will see you in the next episode.